Most of the male runners figured if any woman wants to run 26 miles in a driving rain, let her run. But veteran Boston trainer Jock Semple thought the whole thing was silly. No, there's enough competition for women. What the heck? Why did they want to tackle the, the, the toughest thing in the world? It's just the women and their stubbornness just want to do something that they're not supposed to do. That's all there is to it. You know that. You're married. That was 50 years ago. In the time since, women have made remarkable progress towards equality in sport. Today, 40% of all athletes are women, and yet women still receive less than 4% of media coverage. The Iron Woman podcast wants to help change that. We interview female professional athletes and other remarkable women making breakthroughs in endurance, sport, and research. So that when I grow up, I will have heroes. I'm Alyssa Gadeski. I'm Haley Chura. And I'm Rosalie. And you're listening to the Iron Women Podcast. The Iron Woman Podcast is proud to be supported by Zelio Skincare. Zelio's products are designed and tested by champion triathletes like myself. I know I can count on their high quality and long lasting ingredients to stand the test of the hottest, sweatiest days when I'm racing and training. Have the peace of mind to perform at your best without worrying about your skin and hair products. The products you won't want to train or compete without include Sun Barrier SPF 45, Betwixt All Natural Chamois Cream, swim and sport shower products, and body lotion. You can get 20% off at teamzelios.com by using the code IRONWOMEN. Yep, you heard it right. Get 20% off your Zelios order with the code IRONWOMEN at teamzelios.com. And now, the ladies you've been waiting for, Alyssa Gadeski and Haley Chura. Bye for now. Hi, Haley. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, my gosh. This week is Thanksgiving, Alyssa. I can't believe it. Are you doing anything fun for the holiday? I am headed up to my sister. My sister is hosting Thanksgiving this year for the first time, and that means I'm headed to Hoboken, New Jersey, and I'm taking the Amtrak there, Haley. I'm very excited because driving up there really did not seem to be super a super fun idea to me. So, I booked an Amtrak ticket and I'll reduce my carbon footprint a little, which I'm excited about, but I'm also excited to just like let someone else take the wheel and drive me through all those cities into New Jersey. And then I'll have a nice little relaxing holiday. That does sound relaxing. Have you ever taken an Amtrak train before? A little bit. So when I lived in Baltimore, I would go, I would take the Amtrak to New York city sometimes to visit my sister when she was there. So that was always hard. Cause I had to like take it to grand central, I guess, grand central, right. In Manhattan and then change to a subway. And then the subway was always very confusing for me. So that was always stressful. This should be very seamless, but I'll have a full update for everyone next week on exactly how it goes. But I, I think it should go pretty well. And I am going to run, I'm planning to jog a little turkey trot. I just found out that this is a non-timed turkey trot event. 
5K in Jersey City, I was going to run with my brother-in-law. And because we have a little tradition, whenever we're together on Thanksgiving, we do a turkey trot. So I'm not sure how I feel about the untimed aspect, Haley. So I guess it's still a little bit up in the air, but I'll have all the details for you guys next week. But what about you? What does Thanksgiving look like when we have a marathon on the horizon? Yeah, I am like tapering (laughs) through Thanksgiving. So I'm running the California International Marathon about a week and a half after Thanksgiving. And so my, I'm not doing a turkey trot. There is one in Bozeman. There's a local, like a, they call it huffing for stuffing. So Ooh, that's a name. good name. I have, yeah, I like that one. I think there's like a 5k, 10k. I think there is like a non-competitive 5k similar to yours as well, but I probably will not participate sticking to my plan. Um, I'm not exactly even sure what my plan I don't look at training peaks that far ahead. I'm not really one of those people. I'm like, I look at like the next session, not maybe the next day, just so I know what time I need to like get up, but I don't look that far ahead. So we're recording this obviously before Thanksgiving. I think it's going to come out on Thanksgiving day. So happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners. So mine is my Thanksgiving is going to be pretty low key. Like my parents live about 15 minutes away. I will go hang out at their house, eat all the food, play with cowboy who um, maybe sneak him some food. (laughs) Just even though I know I'm not supposed to, but he's just so cute. I can't help it sometimes. And I mean, turkey tastes so good. He must and he certainly seems to like it as well. Haley, the news here had this whole segment today on why you shouldn't feed your pets Thanksgiving food. And I was so mad at it because I was like, this is so dramatic. Like it it was as if someone gives their, their dog, like an entire Turkey or something, you know, for Thanksgiving. And I was like, come on, like everyone deserves a little stuffing on Thanksgiving. I know. Maybe I'll make Cowboy run with me so he can do his huffing for stuffing as well. But um, it is kind of sad because my sister's dog is living at my parents' house right now, too. And she's like very adamant about not feeding her dog like any human food. And so what's worse is and I give Cowboy human food. I do. I'm sucker. He has those cute little eyes. And then he just loves things like cheese which I don't think is that bad or like a piece of turkey like again I understand I'm not going to give him like a whole bagel because that's going to upset his stomach but little little pits, bits even everywhere or every here and now is okay but um again it's sad because then Hannah my sister's dog is sitting there getting no food and then I'm sneaking cowboy food and then I feel like I'm just I'm just like you know, not treating the kids equally. (laughs) So then I'm a terrible person. I don't know. Maybe the news, maybe your newscaster is right. Just feed the dogs, dog food, feed the people, people food. I don't know. I think a little, little people food for the dogs is totally fine, but let's talk about CIM. So the marathon. So I heard that, you know, I'm, I'm curious how it works. I think that there will definitely be quite a few women there going for Olympic trials races. I think there's going to be a lot of women there just going to have a good fast race, whether, you know, like Liz Bauer, um, is just going to have, you know, to go for a PR for herself, that kind of thing. So we know a lot of women are going to go just try and run fast there. How does it work in terms of, is there an elite field? Are you in that? Like, how are people going to be able to find Haley? We, we need to get people prepped and ready for this since, since it's starting to come up. Great questions, Alyssa. So yes, I am. My goal is to run a sub 245 marathon, which would be a Olympic trials qualifier. And when you qualify for the Olympic trials, you have to run under 245 or 245.00 gun time, not chip time. So you do want to be in the elite wave. There is an elite wave. I'm not in the elite wave. So the problem there was that I haven't actually run like a road race, like a half marathon or a marathon 
in many, many years. I've run several off the bike, but those don't really count. And for me, based on timing of 70.3 Worlds, living in Bozeman, I would have had to travel to a race, a half marathon or a marathon specifically to try to run a qualifying time, to try to get in the elite wave. And at a certain point, I just decided, my coach and I decided it wasn't really worth it. It wasn't worth the travel expense. And so that being said, I'm going to be starting with the masses. CIM is a kind of interesting race from my understanding that they don't necessarily have starting corrals. So I'm just going to try to do my best to get there early. You can, I think, you do seed yourself, like you self-seed, kind of probably similar to an Ironman start where it's like, okay, here's what I think I'm going to be. And I think there is like a sub a three hour kind of corral and it's just not like heavily monitored, but I'm sure people mostly follow those rules. So that's where I'm going to start. And yeah, I might be, you know, 10 or 15, 30 seconds back from the start when the gun goes off. But again, that was just, you know, given my, my position where I'm in my training, where this race fits into my schedule, that was the best situation for me. And, and I do still hold out hope that I can still, you know, work my way up there and, hopefully go under 245, even if there is a, you know, a tiny bit of a handicap. Super cool. Well, I have in my recovery and kind of start of off season time here, Haley, I've been watching some movies and I have some movie recommendations for you either during travel or during taper as you begin to put your feet up a little bit more and get ready for this. So if people don't know this about me, I like, I love going to movies. I actually love going to a movie, especially now that there's those nice theaters that have often the reclining chairs and stuff and you can get a snack while you watch the movie, but I never really make it to those anymore. And so I often, you know, use Amazon prime or on demand to make a movie ambiance in my own house. But anyway, I've watched two great movies in the last week, Haley. The first was peanut butter Falcon. I definitely recommend Mm -hmm. it. Really good. Okay. Not heard of that. Totally. And I think it's a good pre-race movie for sure. Like it's, you know, it has its ups and downs, but it's definitely, it's a good one. And then the second one is, you may have seen this because I see it on social media as people are watching it now because it's on Amazon Prime and Brittany runs a marathon. So I saw that one. I have seen Yo, that Oh, you've seen one. the movie? My sister and I, my sister's getting a lot of airtime during this one. <laughs> she got me to go to that one. Yeah. Okay. I so- cried. I was like... <laughs> I think I might have cried too. I was like, where are these tears coming from? It like blindsided me, the emotions of that. But I I think blindside me. I cry over everything. (laughs) I'll probably cry during Peanut Butter Falcon, whatever. You will cry during Peanut Butter because I I also cried during Peanut Butter Falcon. But it's it's not. Don't make me cry more. It was happy. Just make sure you have noon on hand so you're properly hydrated during while the tears are falling. But both those are for all the listeners and for you. Those are my two things I've been. I'm looking also if you want to give right into the mailbag with questions or movie recommendations for me as I have a little bit of movie time on my hands these days. I want to see, there's a couple I do want to see Mr. Rogers. I want to see that one. (laughs) That's like, that's like my speed (laughs) on jeopardy. The other night, all of the contestants got it wrong. They like asked who's playing Mr. Rogers. And I think they showed a picture and Tom Hanks. Yes. And none of the three people knew Tom Hanks. It was it actually, that also made the local news here the next morning for some reason. As you can see, we don't have a, a lot of other Alyssa, local news going one on. One more I do want to see. So if you, I don't, I actually really struggle to get to the theater and I don't see many movies. I wish I did, but I, again, I kind of struggle with, with that and I know it'd be good for me. So maybe I will go see these, but the other one is Little Women. Have you, uh, have you heard anything <sighs> about that one? 
No, but I was trying to explain this to my boyfriend the other day because he took a picture of me and I was like, oh, I look like a little little woman. And he, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't, he was like, what? And I was like, you know, from little women. Were I was you like, dressed I'm trying to say up I look like... like- colonial garb I was like I look like a pioneer which like I don't even know if that really works with little women but like (laughs) we just basically went around in circles and decided that I needed a refresher about what little women is about so I can like tell him more about it because that was a big part of my childhood but I have lost a lot of the memory from exactly what goes on but I want to see that one too is is the end of that So yeah, these are like great off season or taper activities. And so if people do have, yeah, but I, I would love people to write in, write into our mailbag, ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com. If you have other good, either pre-race movies or off season movies, things in the theater, do you have trouble going to the theater like Haley or are you a movie buff like Alyssa? <laughs> All right, Haley. Well, we do have, this is Thanksgiving Thursday and that means tomorrow is Black Friday, and we kick off some big shopping time, I guess, for the next few days. So we have a special promotion from one of our sponsors for everyone. That's right. Zelio Skincare is running a big Black Friday sale. It begins Friday, November 29th, which when this airs, that will be tomorrow. Through It goes through Cyber Monday, December 2nd, and you can get 30% off everything at teamzelios.com. No code needed. Just go to the website. Everything will be 30% off. TeamZilios.com. We support. We we appreciate Zilios' support. So normally you, you get and use the Iron Woman discount, but this this occasion, this like four day special promotion, go for the higher discount, thirty percent off. Get those stocking stuffers. I feel like chamois cream would make a great stocking stuffer. Alyssa, don't you agree? I do. I think any cyclist would be really excited to pull that out of their stocking. And then there's always our Live Feisty holiday shop. It is open for business. And Alyssa, I was just on the website earlier today. It's at livefeisty.com forward slash shop. And there is, there's a lot on the list or on that, on that website. Things I didn't even realize. There's like beanies. I know with last week we mentioned the phone cases, uh, new t-shirts, there's menswear, there's tank tops, which I do really like the tank tops. I have one of those. Um, so if you, if you need a little retail therapy or if you're doing your holiday shopping, check out livefeisty.com forward slash shop for even more of your stocking stuffer needs. Exactly, Haley. So people can, that's an easy way to support Live Feisty, the Iron Women podcast, the If We Were Riding podcast, um, to be getting some merchandise, wearing that around to your community and talking about what we do and what we are about to people who ask you about it. Because I'm pretty sure if you wear some of these items, people are going to ask you what Live Feisty is or what the hashtag Feisty AF is and things like that. You can share our love that way. Um, you can also always head to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Live Feisty. And it's a great time of year to be joining our community there. We really appreciate all of our patrons and definitely encourage you to do that and help support us. And Alyssa, we talked a little before we got on, but I think our mailbag is empty right now, which is like, (gasps) what's happened? I know. I was trying to think of a joke about Santa's bag being empty, but I couldn't quite think of it. But same concept people our mailbag santa's bag of toys is empty so you guys have to fill it so whether you're writing in with movie recommendations or questions for us we'd love to answer those ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com you have to have some off-season questions this is when you need to work on everything so we're here to help and Haley, we have a super fun interview for everyone this week 
This is a fun one. This is a lighthearted sort of fun interview. But Kiersey Smith, you might recognize her name. She's a professional triathlete. And recently she she made some headlines because of a disqualification at Waco 70.3. She actually finished the race while carrying her corgi puppy, Penny, which is apparently against the rules. I mean, I think it's pretty clear in Iron Man that you can't finish while holding your kid or like, you know, your grandmother or running across with your coach. But apparently it is very, very clear now that you can also not grab your puppy or any dog and run across the line with a dog. Otherwise you will fall, you will fall in the same category as Kiersey finding out later that you were disqualified. Her, you know, the photos from that disqualification obviously went kind of triathlon viral and most people saw them, they heard about it. So we asked Kiersey, you know, what really happened? How is Penny doing? Is she handling the fame okay? And because Kiersey is, she's much more than her one DQ. She She's raced pro for, I believe, a couple of years now. She had two top 10 finishes in 70.3s just in 2019. She recently took a trip to Nepal mid-season, and she talks about, you know, taking this mid-season break and how she stayed in shape during that break and much, much more. And we'll have that interview for you right after the break. Earlier this year, our sponsor, Wahoo Fitness, did a huge giveaway here on the podcast. We caught up with Jen Matro, who won the Element Bolt bike computer. Jen. It's been a few months since you won our Wahoo Fitness sweepstakes. How has life been since you became a Wahooligan? Alyssa, is it weird to say that I love my bike computer? The Element Bolt does it all. I can see any metric I need, power, distance, cadence, but I have to say that my absolute favorite feature is how you can enter a destination into the phone app and it will instantly create a route to guide you there with the Bolt. I used that a lot in Nice when I was there for the 70.3 World Championships. Thanks, Jen. We love hearing your feedback. If any of our listeners want to give the bike trainers, bike computers, and heart rate monitors that make up the Wahoo Fitness ecosystem of products a try, head to wahoofitness.com. Okay, Alyssa, imagine you're stranded on a deserted island and you have to pick one thing to drink for the rest of your life. What would you choose? Haley, I think I'd have to go with Noon Sport watermelon flavor. Nice choice. Personally, I'd opt for the Noon Endurance lemon-lime flavor because in my deserted island fantasy, I'm still getting in regular 90-minute workouts. That sounds totally reasonable. The good news is that all Noon Hydration products are made with clean, quality ingredients that are good for your body and the planet. So if you ever find yourself on a deserted island, or maybe just in the middle of a really long training day, you'll be thankful that Iron Women podcast listeners get 30% off all noon hydration purchases by using the code ironwomen at noonlife.com. Hi, Kiersey. Welcome to the Iron Women podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. So you are a Dallas, Texas based pro triathlete and you raced last weekend's Ironman 70.3, which was in Waco, Texas. You finished the race, but you were actually disqualified and that disqualification has gone a little viral and made you pretty internet famous, at least in the triathlon world. So can you tell us a little bit about what happened? <laughs> um, well, I, I recently gotten a, um, she was, I guess, 18 weeks old whenever I got her 
um, a corgi. I got her from North Carolina, so I'm really proud of her. And I brought her to her first Ironman 70.3. She was a huge hit in the expo. Everyone wanted to pet her. She was handing out her Instagram uh, handle. And then uh, I raced. I was just in a different frame of mind, having a ton of fun. I kind of knew I wasn't in the money, but my brain just was having so much fun. I saw her at the finish line. I grabbed her and I ran and then disqualified, finished with dog shows up on my, uh, Ironman tracker and there, there's it. That's it. (laughs) And that finished with dog disqualified, finished with dog on the Ironman tracker. That was what caught my attention. And I honestly thought it had been photoshopped when I saw it because I had no idea the tracker was able to be so specific. I mean, half the time it can't even show more than 10 pro women. So that was real. It did really say that. And what has also been real is your reaction to the DQ. You wrote on Instagram that you take full responsibility and you just lost your athlete brain for a split second when you saw Penny, your dog, just before the finish. So I think most of us would be pretty upset to have something almost comically small wipe out 70.3 miles of work. So can you explain your reaction? I mean, honestly, it's the rules. You have to follow them. Pro triathletes are held to a higher standard. So I do kind of feel really bad that I broke a rule. But in general, I was just having the time of my life. I actually just got back four days before the race from taking a trek to Nepal to Everest Base Camp 1. So my brain was still kind of foggy from jet lag. Um, My body wasn't responding great in the race. But my my attitude, I just had to be positive and have fun and get through the race and do everything I could just to not suffer. And so then who can resist that cuteness whenever, you know, you're coming down the finisher shoot and you know that you've just put in all that work and your brain is kind of foggy at the finish shoot. You're just like, oh, my God, I'm finally done. You're half crying, like half like laughing hysterically or breaking down about to you know fall across the line so just seeing her I grabbed her ran in and I had the best time and all of the volunteers were like oh my gosh best finish ever we want to pet the dog can we hold it and it was just so fun did an official at the finish line like come over to you and explain that they had to DQ you or did you like I don't even think I would ever look at the tracker for my own self like in my race until maybe that night even or like the next day I feel like I might pull it up so like when did you like did you start to get information that you were actually disqualified for it so they didn't get me right at the finish line I actually got an email from one of the officials and they had copied the head official of the race and uh, said, Hey, give us a call ASAP. And here's this phone number. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, what did I do? Like, I might, I don't know. Am I going to lose my pro license? Is this going to affect everything I've ever worked for? You know? And I was like, I don't want to call him. And luckily I got to his voicemail. And so I was secretly going, yes, I don't have to talk to someone like personally. So I left a voicemail and and then I responded to the email saying that and then I never got any response back. So but my coach is Paul Matthews. He was there at the race. He knows the regional director, I guess, of Ironman 
And he asked if we needed to call her and Paul said he'd already talked to me and was like, oh, we're good. Let's just let it go and move on. <laughs> but they had already called me and or emailed me before that. So I think it's clear that like you taking accountability probably has helped the situation. You know, it wasn't like a questionable thing where then you were like, no, I didn't do this. Or like, I didn't know the rule or something like you took full accountability, which is definitely admirable, even though I'm sure it's, it's a little bit of a tough pill to swallow as cute as that pill might be. Right. Yeah, it is. You know, when they take off your entire times, you can't see any of your splits and all that stuff, except for what's on your Garmin watch. It is disappointing. And then, of course, you know, my my sponsors, the people that follow me and all that, I just don't ever want to let anyone down. So having disqualified by your name is just something that you're just not it just you don't want that to happen ever. So even if it does make you a little bit internet famous, is that weird? Is that weird that you're getting so much attention? I mean, we're guilty of it too. That's the reason why I reached out. Is that weird to have that be the reason to get attention versus your race results? Or is that just the world we live in? I mean, even your dog has an Instagram uh, (laughs) account. Right. Yeah. It's very surreal. I, I was not expecting the response that I got. I knew that I needed to take responsibility for what I did. Um, But uh, yeah, I had no idea that I would kind of go semi-viral overnight. And I'm, I'm a second year pro. I haven't necessarily put up a lot of great results. So no one knows me. So it was just kind of cool that it gave me a little bit of a platform to share my story on. But yeah, it's uh, definitely surreal. And Penny can't contain herself. She's zooming around my legs right now. (laughs) And Kirstie, you mentioned a little bit your trip to Nepal. And so it seems like maybe that decision to race in Waco was a little bit last minute because you had just returned four days prior from the race from that trip. So Nepal doesn't really come to mind when I think of a training camp destination. So what were you doing? um, What were you doing there? So two years ago, my husband helped with building and funding a school there in the Valley of Nepal. And so we actually went back this year to see how the progress was. And so they've already built the school, they've got children enrolled, and they've got other things that they need um, to raise money for and so on. But while we were there, after we saw the school, we went, we decided we're in Nepal, let's go trek to base camp one of Everest. So it was kind of a a good 20 day block that I took off from triathlon training and we did this, this trek. So I had already signed up for Waco, had hundred percent planned on doing it. And when I got back, I was feeling pretty good. The body was semi rested other than that. The trek was really difficult, but I hadn't triathloned in a while. So on race day, my body wasn't exactly, you know, putting up the numbers that I was used to seeing, but My lungs felt really good from being up at that altitude, and um, I actually had a really, a a semi-solid day, maybe not pro standard, but for me, and a lot of things going wrong, and a lot of races I had this year, I've suffered through quite a bit. I really just wanted to have a fun one and kind of experiment with the uh, altitude, coming back down to sea level, and, and then... I'm from Dallas, so all of my friends and all the tri clubs up in Dallas all go to Waco, and it is the most fantastic thing to race in front of almost your home crowd, and all of your friends are cheering and high-fiving and all that, and so it's a 
the atmosphere there is just huge for me. I'll add that even without all of my friends there, I really loved racing in Waco last year. I think it's a fantastic race, so it makes sense that you decided to make that trek over there. And I didn't mean to use the word trek <laughs> after your <laughs> Nepal trek, a much, much smaller trek over to Waco and race there. But Kiersey, you posted a packing list for your trip online, and I noticed you carried only a single backpack, but somehow managed to fit 10 pairs of socks in your bag. So Alyssa is about to take off on a six-day stage race, running about a marathon a day, also carrying a backpack, and one of her luxury-packed items was a second pair of socks. So now that you're back home, was 10 pairs too many, or has Alyssa underpacked? (laughs) Actually, I ended up using all of them because I'm just a sock person. I love socks, and so... Every day, kind of had to have a different pair. I was like, I, I just got to show off my socks. Even though they're in my boots, uh, I still got to show them off. But I did wear one pair for five days straight uh, because they were thicker and it was colder up there. So that's the only time I didn't change my socks every day. But man, two two pairs of socks, is uh, that's, that's testing the waters for me. <laughs> I know. And I think I'm already getting frowned upon by like the ultralight backpacking people out there, but I'm doing it. And then we can compare experiences when I'm back next week or something. But I do want to talk to you a little bit more about like the concept of, you know, going to Nepal. Obviously you were going for this great reason and it probably, you know, even if it was more in the middle of the season, you would have wanted to go just to be able to, to do that trip. But you know, a trip like that, I think a lot of people listening, sometimes have like family vacations come up in the middle of their training cycle and things like that. And it scares them to take time off of the swim, bike and run. Right. And knowing they have this race around the corner, even if it's, you know, yours was four days away. Like, so that was quite close. Right. So, you know, how did you deal with that worry? And like, you know, are there things that you kind of remind yourself mentally? I know obviously you had the altitude advantage and I think that altitude's even in the extreme, right? Like most people would, would think about Boulder or even Bozeman for, for some altitude training, but you know, how did you handle that mental doubt that might've crept in and any tips for our listeners? So one thing I actually did pack was, um, my swim cords. So I took my swim cords with me, um, And I actually did them about 10 of the days that I was gone. So I had some, still some pretty good strength while I was there. And so that's dry land swim cords, right? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you do like a specific set when you do those? Can you share? Yeah, sure. I mean, I kind of just did like, um, I built myself up from like two minutes hard, two minutes off or two minutes off, three minutes easy. Sorry, I can't speak. Two minutes hard, three minutes easy. Then I built up from to three and two and then four and one and then just five minutes straight and then five minutes off. And yeah, so it was, it was That's hard. That's a lot. I've, I've done a little <laughs> bit of stretch cords in my life. And I think if I did five minutes hard, I would be like, I wouldn't be able to use my arms the next day. So that's right. impressive. Right. It, it wasn't fun um, <laughs> right off the bat. But then um, since I built it up over that a few days, I only did that like one or two of the days. So don't uh, I'm not that great at the at the swim court. But um, I, I'm glad I did that. And I did take a couple of jogs, like really slow, like walk jogs on the mountain and also in Kathmandu. And we were 
there before we left. So, and then the trek, we're walking up really steep and down really steep uh, inclines, rocks, and all kinds of stuff. So my heart rate was still getting in the 150 sometimes. So my leg strength and then also my arm strength from pulling on the trekking poles, pulling myself up. I mean, it kept me in, in pretty solid shape. Now, I actually, uh, for pros, sometimes it's just good to rest the body because we put our body through so much volume and so much uh, pain during the season that actually the 20 days was probably really good for me. Um, it's a little longer than normal. Most people only take like four or five or maybe a week off sometimes. But that actually really helped me mentally clear up my brain from all the suffering I've done uh, over the season, but then also just be completely open to the experience that I was about to have and had in Nepal. So I think it was a really good break for me. And, um, you know, the race times, like I said, my body didn't greatly respond, but I uh, definitely am still super proud of my body for being able to still do a 70.3 after not triathloning while <laughs> you know the body will remember so taking time off will not you know hinder you it is kind of well. cool to use your your fitness that you've gained from triathlon to do something completely different like trek in nepal and i'm sure that fitness helped you on that trek because it does not sound easy but kiersey you you mentioned you are a newer pro and i believe 2019 was your second pro season and you came into the sport and the pro ranks more through the short course non-drafting circuit with a success at races like St. Anthony's and USA Triathlon Age Group Nationals. So after you took your pro card in 2018, it looks like you tried a few draft legal sprints and Olympic distance races at a few ITU Continental Cups. What made you decide to give 70.3 racing a try? Mainly the opportunity for racing uh, Olympic distance or non-draft kind of has dissipated recently. There aren't quite as many opportunities to race. So I really, I told my coach this year, I was just like, I just want to race a lot, get some, ex, you know, exposure and get some 70.3s under my belt and just race with the other pros and see what it's like. And so 70.3, there's almost a race almost every weekend that you could choose from. So there's so many opportunities and, you know, that's pretty much my reasoning behind that. There just wasn't any more opportunity, which is kind of sad because a lot of people like the Olympic distance and shorter, but it kind of forced me in a way to go up to, to 70.3, though I do very much enjoy uh, the 70.3 distance. I did six of them or so uh, before I turned pro, so it's not new per se, but it is a shame that there's not as much uh, opportunity for pros in the Olympic distance anymore. And aside from the kind of unusual finish in Waco, what are your impressions after your full, first full season of professional racing? Well, it's definitely a challenge. Um, you know, <laughs> there are a lot of ups and downs uh, that you go through. You can, you know, injury, then you got... Uh, a lot of the mental side is more of what I've struggled with. My my thing has been a lot of self-doubt creeps in and I wonder, have I trained hard enough or am I good enough to race with these girls and things like that? So 
I've really worked on this year trying to prove to myself alone that I do belong here and that eventually that my my results are hopefully going to uh, show also my hard work and showcase what we do, you know. Um, and I think it's been a blast, like, meeting all my new, well, new friends on the Ironman circuit. And uh, there's one thing that makes a huge difference is whenever you go to a pro meeting in the Ironman distance, everyone's saying hello to each other and, like, really friendly and, like, meeting one another. Well, whenever you're in the ITU world going to a pro meeting, everyone is, like, just, like, RBF, like, bad. And um, it's almost, they're not, it just doesn't feel accepting. And it's, like, I'm going to go sit over here by myself while all everybody else sits together as a team. And so that's one thing I love about Iron Man Try is everyone, all the girls, like, we may be, like, really good friends, like, before... <laughs> Then we're fierce on race day, but then we're friends again, you know, after the race. So I really enjoyed that a lot. And if you had to offer one piece of advice to a new pro, someone headed to their first pro race in the next couple months, what would it be? That's a good question. I would say my best piece of advice would just be to not take yourself so seriously and Go into the race without expectations and, you know, not expectations that you just came from killing everybody in age group per se, and that you're going to come up here and, you know, do uh, amazing in the pro field. Now it's a, it's a definite stepping block. You have to make your way into the pro field. And so just don't take yourself seriously, have fun, enjoy the experience and, you know, just take everything in stride, learn lessons, and, you know, whatever happens, happen. Just work hard, do you. <laughs> I like it. In addition to being a professional triathlete and obviously a dog mom, <laughs> we think that you work full-time as an exercise physiologist. So can you tell us about your work and does knowing so much about exercise physiology make you a better athlete? Absolutely. I love my job. I work about um, 34 hours a week. So I work, it's technically full-time at a hospital in what's called cardiac and pulmonary rehab. So we work with patients that have had a heart attack or bypass surgery or some heart event or patients with chronic lung disease like COPD or pulmonary fibrosis, those kinds of things. So we uh, exercise with them on a heart monitor and watch their heart rates and rhythms and everything and help them to get a better lifestyle habit going so that hopefully they can prevent any other um, heart events from happening or just improve their quality of life in general. So I definitely think that my job being an exercise physiologist helps me be a real, you know, a better athlete, but it also helps me um, when I'm in a hard point in my race, I think of my patients and I think of what they've been through and I think of their strife and, and I carry them with me and I, you know, I, I get my motivation from them, even though that my story might ins inspire them, they're inspiring me by, you know, doing what, what I'm asking them to do every day. So that's why I love my job and it's amazing. 
A quick scroll of your Instagram also suggests that you might moonlight as a bit of a part-time comic. So <laughs> am I putting you on the spot if I ask you to share a favorite corny joke right here on the Iron Woman podcast? Can you do that? Can you just come up with one that quick? Yeah, no worries. Um, I love corny jokes. It's the best part of my day. I have a Halloween one for you since we're the day before Halloween. That works <laughs> well, too, actually. Perfect. Why did the skeleton go to prom alone? Why? Because he had no body to go with. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second one is, uh, what kind of streets do ghosts live on? Boulevards. Dead in. Oh, oh I thought it was so good there. <laughs> that was pretty clever, though. That was a good one. I might have to use that one. Yeah, now if anyone ever actually guesses the other answer, Dead you'd be like, no, one. this one. <laughs> good job, Haley. That's some quick thinking. I like uh, it. Yeah, was... this is what happens when we do a morning interview versus an evening one. I am actually a little bit more with it. No, but um, thank you. Thank you for that. Those are impressive. And Absolutely. if anyone does want to read more of your corny jokes, I suggest they check out your Instagram feed because you have quite a few and they did make me smile. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and Kiersey, you're sponsored by VeloFix, which is also a sponsor of the Iron Women podcast. So can you tell us about your experience with VeloFix and tell our listeners why they should be using them for all their bike maintenance needs? Yes, so I have had a phenomenal experience with VeloFix. So VeloFix DFW actually delivered my Ventum racing bike. They parked outside my apartment and put it all together and then did a complete tune-up on it and all of that stuff. And then um, all the races since I began being sponsored by them, uh, they'll just pull up at my apartment complex and do my bike right there. And it's so convenient. You can plan it in advance and then they can meet you at work. They can meet you at, you know, your training session. They can meet you at your home because it's a mobile service. So that's what they're, they're there for. Um, they also support our training rides on Saturdays a lot. So our local VeloFix team has like three or four vans that go out in our in various locations uh, throughout DFW. So it's been really awesome, and uh, they're they're so quick and they're so on point. So I love that company absolutely. Well, we also love VeloFix and their support, and we do encourage any of our listeners who live in major cities or definitely the ones in Dallas go look up one of those rides and get your bike maintenance done wherever you are. That's pretty cool. Kiersey, finally, we do have to ask about Penny, the pup who instigated all this DQ mad madness. Can you tell us a little bit more about her? You mentioned she's a corgi, which I feel like there's like a big thing about corgis recently, even in Bozeman, which is not a very big city. There's like a corgi club. So, so tell us what's special about corgis and how is Penny handling her newfound fame besides running around your feet during this interview? <laughs> What's really funny is that I actually met the breeder that I got Penny from just on Facebook. Uh, she and I connected through just the endurance world. I actually watched the puppies be born on Facebook Live. Um, and then uh, Penny was one of the last ones in the litter. And Amanda kept putting up on Facebook, I still need a home and like this, you know, little puppy. And I'm like, I looked at my husband, I go, we have to have this dog. Like, this is the dog. This is the one. And he goes, okay, well, let's do it. And I was like, 
are you saying yes we can we can have her and he's like oh yeah sure and so I was like amazed and so I called or I messaged her and I was like please hold that dog for me then it was completely flawless uh she helped me plan the trip I actually did a day trip from Dallas to North Carolina picked her up at the airport and then brought her back to Dallas in the same day and ever since like she's just been the cutest little thing I mean she's so hyper but she also like loves to just chill too which is you know, interesting for a puppy. I also have an 11 year old white lab. And so they love each other so much. And they like sit and like groom each other. And like, then they play tug of war. And then, you know, they'll lay on each other's beds with each other. And so, and uh, it's just been, the corgis are like the cutest thing ever. They're little stubby legs, they're little pointy ears. And their facial expressions are like so human. So she cracks us up all the time. It's total free entertainment all the time. So it's just the cuteness. <laughs> I love it. One of Ramona's playmates at the dog park is a little corgi as well. And they are, they have a lot of energy and they'll play with the big dogs, but then like you can tell they definitely could chill out too. So definitely a special kind of dog, but Thank you so much for taking time this week to tell us about kind of the unconventional race that you had in, in Waco. You know, it sounds like you're coming away from it with the right attitude. And we know that big things are still to come from you. And where can people follow you and Penny, I guess, and your future adventures? So uh, Penny's Instagram is at Penny Corgi Pup. Okay. And then mine is TriKiersey10. And those are all my handles for all of the social media so that it's not hard to find me. And I also have a professional page on uh, Facebook as well. So you can follow me there too. Great. Well, thank you so much, Kiersey. And enjoy a little bit of downtime and time with Penny and your white lab. Um, it's, it's definitely a good time of year to be like chilling out with the dogs, I think. Yep. Snuggling and getting warm and <laughs> watching Hallmark movies. Hallmark movies is it's the time of year. This is Haley, and I've spent most of my swimming career squinting at pace clocks or trying to catch a glimpse of my watch during intervals. If you're like me and love knowing your swim splits but hate finding a clock, there's a better way. Form Swim Goggles are the first premium goggles with a smart display that shows your metrics while you swim. You heard that right. Form goggles have a see-through display in one of the eye cups so you can see your splits, pace, distance, or any other metric right in front of you. I've done a few workouts with the Form Swim goggles and the coolest thing is once you press start, the goggles actually know when you're swimming and when you're resting. There's no need to press another button until you finish your workout. Want to learn more? Head to formswim.com. This is Alyssa and as a triathlete, I am all about efficiency. That's why I'm excited that VeloFix is now a part of the Live Feisty community. VeloFix is North America's largest mobile bike shop fleet, and they know that your most valuable asset is time. VeloFix will meet you wherever you are at in your day so you don't miss a beat. Or if you have some time, you can hang out in the mobile bike shop and enjoy a complimentary cup of coffee to learn about the service being done. Interested? Here's how it works. Head to VeloFix.com or call 1-855-VeloFix Set your appointment and the local Velofix technician will come directly to you. 
book your service today using promo code FEISTY so they know you're an Iron Women listener. The first 100 listeners to book today using promo code FEISTY will receive a major tune for the price of a minor tune. Again, that's velofix.com and promo code FEISTY to enhance your bike service experience today. Okay, Alyssa, Kiersey gave us a couple jokes that were Halloween themed, but since took us a little while to get her interview out. I, I have a couple jokes for you that are more Thanksgiving themed. Are you ready? <laughs> oh no. Yes, I'm ready. Why didn't the cook bother to season the Thanksgiving turkey? Why? She didn't have time. Like, like <laughs> T-H-Y-M-E time <laughs> seasoning. Okay. One more. Why did the police arrest the turkey? I, I can't. I don't. I don't. I've got nothing. Why? They suspected foul play. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, everyone. Well, we expect you to be pulling out these jokes when you're with family and friends over the the holiday season. And Alyssa, enjoy your recovery. I hope you're getting lots of R and R, recovering from your race. And I will. I will do some R and R in the taper version and sharpening as I get ready for my race, checking out movies, and enjoying my little bit of holiday downtime. Yes, definitely. Definitely start putting those feet up more and more. And Haley, I'll talk to you next week. Bye, Alyssa. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Please subscribe, like, and comment on iTunes. My favorite podcast hosts are Alyssa Gadeski and Haley Chura. My favorite editor is Aaron Hamilton. The Iron Women Podcast is a Live Feisty Media Production.